When it comes to the global economy, I think the best way to describe it is... That, that, that's really all I got. And, and trust me, that's probably a lot better of analysis that you're going to get anywhere else on the, the mainstream media. As, of course, finally, they are realizing the true economic ramifications that we are in right now. And to discuss that and the many hockey sticks, not in Canada, even though our guest, John Slyson, economic historian, is in Canada. But all the hockey sticks happening with, of course, the central banksters. And uh, there's a lot of them, and uh, it's very unsettling. Now, we got our first article here by Market Watch that talks about how the sinking U.S. economy hasn't hit bottom yet. And, uh, gee, you don't think so? You think this is, you think we already went over the hump? You think this is over? It is definitely not. And, of course, as I've been saying, the economy will truly be the bigger effect that will have a lasting impact here more than, of course, this sickness, which even the Wall Street Journal pointed to this sickness triggering the worst economic downturn since 1940. Now, is it the sickness that is totally to blame for this? Well, no, it's uncovering a lot of very irresponsible moves made by the quasi-private sector that has been rewarded by the federal government. And now finally, CNN woke up from its slumber a little bit too late, I would say, and they wrote an article that actually is accurate, saying, quote, a flood of corporate debt could make the econ economic recovery more difficult. Gee, gee you, don't, you don't say so. Even Bill Maher is waking up to the crazy reality that we are all facing, and he confronted Nancy Pelosi just recently, talking about, of course, wh what the hell is the government doing, specifically after another bailout by the government to the close tune of $500 billion, again, was just passed this Friday, and Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, went on Bill Maher to talk to him, and Bill Maher said to her very closely, quote, we, we were $20 trillion in the hole to begin with, and all world governments who are already in debt are doing this. How can the whole world be writing this funny money? Later on, he said, quote, I'm worried about this whole thing collapsing. We go into a depression, he later, of course, added. And he is even wrong about the 20 trillion since, of course, we are very close to now 25 trillion dollars <laughs> in debt and unpayable, irresponsible, reckless move that, of course, is not going to stop. But it's only going to increase from here. And and John, what the frick is going on here? And then it, how, how that number is going to get a lot higher, isn't it? Oh, definitely. And, uh, you know, the uh, actually, I'm looking at the current numbers right now. It's at the usdebtclock.org. Uh, everybody could pull this up. Uh, if you go and look at the actual federal deficit spending right now, it was hovering around $1 trillion, uh, not too long ago, like just a, a couple of months ago. And now it's at $2.5 trillion already. And a deficit means that basically that's money that they don't have that they got to actually spend uh, by creating debt. And, and again, you know, the de that's why the debt is increasing. And of course, that's the official uh, number. The actual uh, number is $3.1 trillion. 
uh, in, in deficit. So we're looking at that. And that's before we even have hit the pension crisis with the social security, all these Medicare, Medicaid, everything getting paid out in uh, what's called the uh, unfunded liabilities that the United States has. And actually, the, the current number of unfunded liabilities right now, and then unfunded liabilities basically uh, not, you know, uh, something that has been, you know, spoken for in money that they owe to someone that they promised someone uh, and that they don't have. And that is at $144.640 trillion right now. And that is money that, you know, it has not been created yet. Uh, on top of us having a coronavirus crisis that have, you know, perked a lot of bubbles around the world. And especially, you know, now with central banks. And I don't know if you can show uh, some of the charts that I sent to people here, uh, not that I sent to you, uh, that shows all the balance sheets of all the central banks around the world. And they're starting to hockey stick every single one of them. And some are worse than others, of course. And the reason why they're worse than others is because they had bigger bubbles. Uh, so, for example, you know, Canada, Australia, uh, the UK, they had bigger bubbles than everybody else because we didn't get hit so bad back in 2008. Uh, but again, you know, everybody is, every single central bank around the world right now is doing the same things from uh, the repo overnight bailouts of banks uh, to the uh, quantitative easing with buying, you know, uh, treasuries, local treasuries from uh, their governments. And also on top of that, they're buying uh, mortgage-backed securities, but then, you know, banks like Canada and in the United States, they're buying collateralized loan obligations, which is derivatives on corporate debt. Uh, they're buying asset-backed securities, which are derivatives on student loans, on credit cards and all this stuff. Uh, and that's uh, also done around the world right now in several central banks. So uh, these central banks right now, like you're seeing just a skyrocketing of the balance sheets. And um, of course, they could keep that going uh, till infinity if they uh, if uh, we didn't have people you know having to use uh, their currencies as a medium of exchange and that's uh, the the important part here they could keep on spending and, and idiots uh, like sorry for the language here but idiots like Paul Krugman you know he's he's a Nobel laureate he's a, you know he got a prize for being supposedly smart with his ideas he said that uh, money uh, debt is uh, money we owe to ourselves. And I would ask him, you know, uh, if you think that debt is money that we owe to ourselves, what about the credit cards? What about the student loans? What about the auto loans and housing loans? Is that money that I owe to myself? Because, yeah, if that was the case, you know, do like the government does by just, you know, going into more debt and, and just keeping on this Ponzi scheme going. The problem is that that is not the case. The government, you know, will print, uh, you know, trillions upon trillions of dollars extra here uh, and keep the bubble afloat. But when... When actually you and me as citizens, Luke, are you know coming to a point where we can't feed ourselves because we the the fiat currency that we're getting you know paid for our labors uh, are not you know valuable anymore. Well, that that comes to the end, and and every single uh, currency throughout history, you've been in Venezuela and seen a hyperinflation firsthand. You've been in Zimbabwe and other places, right? So it just takes within a year or less for when people lose trust in the currency itself and stop using it that it becomes dead. Um, for example, they actually tried in Ecuador to implement a digital currency uh, there, and it was implemented in 2014. Nobody used it, and it died in 2018. They had to shut it down because uh, nobody used the digital currency. And I hope that, you know, they're pushing for this here, too. And this is kind of a, a thing that, you know, in, in order to really keep this uh, whole system going, they need to move to a digital realm because, 
if, if we're not a digital realm, you know, we did a video just a week ago on bank runs and how banks need, you know, uh, cash is their Achilles heel because if we pull up cash out of the banks, they're done. So if, if we actually, like, if they, uh, you know, want to sustain this massive bubble that they have, they would actually have to uh, go to a cashless system, Luke. I mean, uh, you pretty much hit the nail on the head on a lot of points. I'm opening up the graphs that you sent me, and we're seeing the Bank of Australia. And again, that that money, that graph, it, as you were saying, <laughs> it, it's just a freaking hockey stick. The Bank of Canada all the way up uh, and all the other banks that you send me. The Federal Reserve Bank, again, this is just uh, atrocious. And, uh, and of course, a Canadian would apologize for saying <laughs> idiot. But I think this is far more beyond than just idiotic behavior. No. This is next-level criminal mafioso behavior yeah. of just highway robbery. There was a Babylon B satirical uh, website post yesterday talking about how uh, masked bandits uh, robbed the future of your children. And, and that headline is absolutely correct. And we're seeing yeah. some mainstream media articles, some mainstream media figures finally get it, finally wake up like Bill Maher, like even CNN, even CNN's coming, coming in, to, to, you know, to, to the big awakening, like, hey, there's a lot of bubbles here. There's a lot of corporate debt. There's a lot of bad behavior that's being incentivized by the federal government, by the Federal Reserve that has been rewarding people. The people that orchestrated the 2008 crisis, benefited off of it, got rewarded for doing so. So what's to stop them from doing it? And again, and, and I think you had the perfect analogy here that this kind of sickness that we're dealing with, it's a prick on all the bubbles that, of course, are in our society. And when we're talking about also the digitification of the dollar, there's a reason why we're, we're, we keep hearing these talks about the digital dollar, the digital Fed dollar that's going to be introduced through all these reward programs, through all these bailout programs that are supposed to help you. And, and John, they're not helping us. They're indebting us and our children to an unpayable amount that is teetering us on the brink of collapse. Am I wrong for saying that? No, they, they have to collapse this thing. The, the only way out is to uh, basically declare bankruptcy here because you can't get this Ponzi scheme going forever. You're just uh, basically a moron if you believe so. Uh, these academics, you know, I, I'm just baffled by their uh, blatant ignor uh, ignorance of history. You know, you take pick up a history book about money and you'll see that, you know, all their thoughts and behaviors really have, you know, happened hundreds upon times throughout history. And every single t uh, one of them believe that they had found a different solution to this uh, fiat uh, monetary Ponzi scheme that we live in. Because that's what it is. It is a Ponzi scheme and Ponzi schemes, just like Bernie Madoff's and all these other Ponzi schemes that have been around in the world, uh, they will all fail because what they need is they need to get fed up by new money coming in at the bottom. And when that uh, doesn't happen, and, and to put the analogy into uh, the real economy, when you don't get people uh, into more debt and when they can't take on more debt, the whole system comes apart. And that's why you're seeing uh, the, the balance sheet of these banks skyrocketing because they were having to buy up all this toxic, terrible debt that they, you know, uh, indebted people with. And, and, you know, we are, as, you know, our age, we're not going to see any pensions or anything that they promised anyone because it's unsustainable. It can't happen. And unfortunately, you know, I'm sorry to break this to you people, but uh, we are you know, in, in such a horrible state with, you know, what we're promised to people and, you know, all these 
free things that the government constantly brings upon and, and saying that all oh, these programs are these programs but they got to print more and more currency to have those programs and then yeah. suddenly if if you're because this is the number one thing if you don't have a salary increase every year that follows you know probably five to ten percent in an increase you're falling behind that much every year because inflation real inflation is more like 10 percent or 15 or 20 percent some places John, I was going to ask you, uh, this is a perfect segue into the next question. What kind of timeline are you seeing here? Because from everything that I'm personally seeing, I'm kind of seeing this kind of squeezing, this kind of slow cook method where the, the purchasing power of you know your money slowly goes down. Uh, and eventually, even there's, there's a potential here that, that, that these crooks may be able to get away with it, just like they did in 2008. That's kind of how I see it. Me and you know other people that are literally talking about hyperinflation tomorrow. It's all going to go bust. It's all going to be Zimbabwe tomorrow. Buy my product now to, to make sure you don't. I, there's a bunch of ridiculous people that we could call out here. But uh, what do you think of the timeline that I presented, and and how are you seeing it as far as it unfolding uh, the way it is right now? Yeah. Well, what we've hit is we hit peak debt, current peak debt, right? So what is happening is that you have a massive what's called deleveraging, and that creates deflation in the economy the worst enemy of any central banker because they need, remember we were talking about the Ponzi scheme, needs constant more debt into the system to feed it to be alive. Uh, and so that deflation is not going well with the central banks. So they actually have to buy every single asset that is going down in value that can't be paid because if they just let this happen, which they should, they should let everything just go south and you know everybody go bankrupt that massively, massively over leveraged and bought all this debt because it was so cheap. The, the central banks are, are the criminals. They are the terrorists. Uh, the, them and the central and the bankers, they are the terrorists here that are, you know, they basically lured you in with very cheap money being, you know, very low interest rates over time. Uh, and now they're at a place where, uh, where are they going to go now? Well, they're going to have to go to negative. But if they want to go to negative, they're going to have to go cashless because or else you get like in Switzerland where they hoarded mass amounts of cash outside of the bank, uh, putting huge strain on the banking system uh, because they have a lack of cash. So uh, they need to go fully cashless in order to be able to. And, and in that book called uh, The Curse of Cash by Kenneth Rogoff, former, former chief economist for the IMF, he is talking about negative five to maybe potentially negative 10%. Uh, and when you have your money in the bank, it's never yours. So unless you take it out, but then, you know, when you actually have your money always in the bank, it's never yours. And you got to pay five to 10% potentially annually or monthly. Who knows what they're, they're up to here. But at that point, you're basically a slave and they're stealing your money out of your checking account. Uh, so that's just another step towards this whole totalitarian, uh, you know, Ponzi scheme that they uh, think that they could get away with. But I don't, you know, uh, let's learn the lesson from Ecuador where people didn't use the currency. Don't use any digital currencies that comes out from centralized authorities. Uh, and they'll go the way of the Ecuadorian, uh, you know, dollar system that they tried to implement. So let, let's just hope that because if we if we go with, you know, this whole system and, and continue on this path, I think we're going to end up where I, I had a presentation uh, back in uh, last year in December uh, with Jidward Griffin's Red Bull Conference where I had, you know, the police state. I was warning about 5G in the police state. Well, that fits perfectly in with cashless society, of course. And then you, voila, suddenly you are in the Chinese, you know, gulag economy where you basically can't do anything 
uh, and uh, say anything against the government or do anything or uh, or do anything or buy anything individually or what you want anymore. So you basically become a, a total slave uh, to the government and to whoever central entities will be in control of that system. And that's where we will end up here if we don't, uh, you know, if we let them continue and let them, you know, the $2.3 trillion so far, uh, probably more, or the phase 3.5, I don't know what they call it, phase 3.5, uh, this, you know, another bailout that you were just talking about, um, you know, it's just insane. They can keep on, you know, uh, printing all this currency and bailing out everybody. But the problem is that, you know, when people uh, can't afford to feed themselves anymore, look at the food banks everywhere, Luke. Uh, all around the world, there's mass amounts of food bank shortages. That's kind of a bank run as well, right? Uh, where there's shortages of food. Uh, and that's what we're seeing because when people are hungry, you know, let's look at other revolutions that have happened. You know, they stand up to whatever authority there is and things will change drastically because if if they don't, you know, they'll, people will starve to death and, and they will have that on their hands. All these central bankers, you know, I think there's going to be mass starvation happening from central bank and government policies and they have all that on their hands it's all their fault and they should know it and, and look at themselves for the disgusting human beings that they are portray, per, perpetuating this system. Yeah, uh, more than just idiots. Trust me yeah. there. Uh, yeah. And when people go hungry, the chances of revolution increase as well. So a lot of interesting things to keep an eye on. John, where can people find out more information about you? You can find everything uh, that I do at theeconomictruth.org, where I share uh, information. Sometimes I blog there. Uh, you can find all the videos that I've done. There's links to everywhere uh, that I'm involved with putting out my content. Uh, and, of course, go to bankrun.org. It's a new website that we put up that we're trying to monitor what's happening here because all this printing of currency is not going to do well for the banking system unless they go cashless, as I said. So, yeah, follow those two. And uh, you can find my bookstore as well, Canada, the greatest economy in the world, question mark, where I actually I, I put in, you know, a uh, perspective and I show people four years ago what is happening right now. And uh, fortunately, some people listened and took uh, took some actions, but, you know, way too little people did. Yep. And again, you have to be prepared. You have to be safe. You have to be ready. But most importantly, you have to rely on yourself and no one else. There's too many people putting their trust, their faith and their authority and power into centralized forces that, of course, don't give a damn about you. This is why we're here. We're here to remind you that and to, of course, keep you updated with all the latest information. If you thought we did that, share this video with your friends and family members, because if you don't, no one else will. Thank you again so much for watching. Yeah. Stay tuned for more. And Love ya. And one last thing. Woo! This is, you're going to get more of this. Oh, see, this is central bank policy. <laughs> Failed right there. <laughs>